A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode where today I'm joined by a returning guest from the United States of America, no less, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Rick Swanson. Rick, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. Good to be with you again. Listeners, what we thought uh, we'd speak about, Rick and I, very, very, uh, you might remember this nursery rhyme a little bit or the tune from a nursery rhyme for when, uh, oh, it was kids. Row, row, row your boat. So uh, we thought it'd be quite fun to explore a slight twist on that. Row, row, row your boat in the money stream. Let's start rowing, Rick. Where do we go with this? Well, I think uh, I think we should start with kind of uh, a story that will help people understand how this nursery rhyme uh, impacted my personal life and how it can potentially help the listener. So, um, Paul, I, my background included building two of America's fastest growing companies when I was in my 20s. Uh, those two companies ranked on Inc. Magazine as 500 fat, one of the 500 fastest growing companies in America. Both those companies did. I found it very easy. Things just flowed. Um, uh, so much so that uh, I think I'm the only person in history to have created two Inc. 500 companies before turning 30. So uh, I didn't know anything else, um, even though I came from like a blue collar roots. Uh, I had a lot of success at a very young age. Um, and then I, I hit what I will call uh, my, my desert of financial life experience. Uh, I, in 2000, I lost eight figures in a day, which, you know, it doesn't really matter about the amount. It was, I lost everything. Um, I, I experienced uh, the opposite of what I had experienced in the previous decade of my life for two decades. And that was uh, money just disappeared from my life. Now, to be fair, the trademark that I thought enabled me to build a lot of wealth at a young age was persistence. My willingness to put my head down and break through brick walls and just make things happen. And I was energized enough to be able to do that. Like it, it was a trademark of mine because I didn't have an education. I didn't have a silver spoon. Uh, like everything I had, I earned. Um, so the funny thing is, is after decades to contemplate why I was in this financial desert, uh, it came to me one day. And that is life gets a whole lot simpler when you go with the flow versus always paddling upstream. Because when I was a young man, I'd always paddle upstream because I was strong enough to do it and I did it. But isn't it interesting 
that when you find the flow and you just allow things to go naturally, how much easier life is. And the funny thing is of what I've found in playing with this little nursery rhyme for, for money and for life is when you go with that flow, things, things just all of a sudden start happening and I'll, I'll have more stories to share, but I just wanted to kind of sh- give, give the listeners a, a premise for, for why I got to this, because I found that rowing upstream is super hard and, you know, putting your head down and breaking through walls, um, you, you might be able to do it, but at some point in your life, you're going to find that, that life gets a whole lot easier if you go with the flow. Mm. I'll tell you what's come through to me there, Rick, listening to you say that, speak about that, is, and isn't this true, listeners, almost to an episode now, we'll find ourselves, irrespective of who the guest is, what the focus is, you know, where they are in the world, what the culture is, all those labels, but there's a consistency, isn't there, that's now, that's now showing episode after episode after episode, and that consistency is in those three immortal words, let it go. So listening to you speak there, Rick, what, what I'm hearing you say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but what you've learned to do is just, you know, let go of all that stuff, you know, that paddling uphill, that persistence, you know, to use the word that you use, and just being flowing and be more accepting. Am I on the right, uh, am I in the right stream there? Uh, that's certainly one way to frame it, Paul. Um, and and at a high level, it's like you're you're observing the forest. But for that listener that wants to hear about the specific situation for their tree that they're trying to chop down, um, let's let's just dig a little further and give examples of how this works and and how it's shown up in my life and how it can show up in yours, uh, the listener's life. And so. I'll give you an example here. My, my, I tend to be very left brain, uh, masculine energy, you know, wanting to define things, wanting to, um, you know, take actions that, that create results. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Uh, what I'm saying is that there's an equal and even maybe even more powerful and, and mysterious energy, which is right brain or feminine energy, which is, trusting the flow, trusting, you know, that things are happening, even that you can't understand or imagine, right? The left brain and masculine energy wants to understand, wants to control. Um, And uh, feminine energy typically allows things to flow much easier. And we all, no matter if we, this isn't about gender, this is about uh, uh, spiritual energy when I say masculine or feminine. So um, here's an example. I was talking with a friend and uh, I, was, I was in the process of wanting to raise some money for a new business. And because I have experience, uh, I, my left brain was kicked in and I was like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And, you know, this is how I'm going to accomplish it. And uh, she, she brought up uh, a very interesting statement, which was, and or it could just show up in a way that's uh, wonderfully unexpected and you couldn't even have imagined. And I paused for a second and I said, absolutely, 100%, I agree. <laughs> I am open to it showing up in a way that I can't possibly imagine. 
And the rest of the story goes like this. Uh, I, I'm on Facebook, but not very often. Um, and, you know, I go there basically to see my great niece and great nephew and, and niece and, you know, just, just see what's going on in their lives. Uh, but, but, you know, I only check in every once in a while. I happened to check in uh, not long after that conversation and I had an invitation to connect with someone uh, that I knew in grade school. Uh, now to give this uh, frame of reference, I'm now 55 years old. I had not talked to this person since fifth grade. No conversations, not one. Didn't know what happened to him or anything because he moved schools and moved away and that, that was it. He reconnected with me on Facebook. We had a Facebook chat and, uh, you know, just caught up generally. Uh, and for whatever reason, about a week later, I sent him a text and I said, you know, I'm currently raising money for a startup that I'm doing. And I don't know if you even invest uh, in startups or even would consider such, but I thought I'd just reach out and see if it had any interest. And he said, let me think about it. And, uh, you know, I think a couple weeks went by before he even got back to me. Like I just, I, I, I completely forgot about it. He got back to me, um, scheduled a call and uh, we talked for 30 minutes and half of that was just catching up what happened since fifth grade and uh, uh, 15 minutes on, on the new startup. And he said, you know, this is kind of interesting to me. Let's schedule another half an hour. So we scheduled another half an hour a week later. And after that second conversation, all of a sudden he said he was willing to invest a sizable amount of money. I came to find out he had been a president of a multi-billion dollar international company. Um, so who could have imagined, you know, you couldn't plan out that hey, somebody from fifth grade is going to reach out to you on Facebook and then decide to invest in your company, right? You can't plan that type of stuff. It's just being in the flow and being open to the flow. And then when the flow exists, like, like pay attention to it and engage with it and, and appreciate it for what it is, which is much bigger than any of us are individually. What would you put that down to, Rick? Is it too simplistic to suggest, and it is only a suggestion, law of attraction? Uh, so I, I got exposed to law of attraction, I don't know, 15 plus years ago. It, it was interesting to me at the time. Uh, what I observed around the world is that so many people that thought law of attraction would be interesting uh, weren't able to attract that which they um, were interested in. So to me, uh, there's a missing element to the conversation around law of attraction typically, right? Which was kind of got mass uh, awareness when the movie, The Secret came out, which I think components of it were explained, but I think that, that there's this missing piece, which you and I have talked about, I think in a previous podcast, but it's worth, worth reiterating here. So yes, law of attraction is a component of it. There's two other pieces that, that I think are missing that, that need to exist to actually see the manifestation, you know, come into, to view into the 3d world. And that is one absolute faith and trust that it's coming 
I'll, I'll give a little story about that in a second. And two is that you are taking intuitive action. And I could say imperfect action, uh, but, it, but it is perfect. It won't seem perfect because it will not necessarily resonate with the masculine or the left brain. It, it, it won't make any sense at all. As a matter of fact, lots of times, like who would have thought to, you know, ask a friend from fifth grade if they would want to invest in your company would result in a large investment, especially when you don't even know if they have money to invest. You don't know them well enough. You only had a, had a, a short text chat with them. So, so it's about intuition and it's about taking action. So, so let's just talk about those two things for a second, right? Um, too often we, we, our egos rely on our mind for our intelligence and our intellect and our ability to, to rationalize, right? The prefrontal cortex wants to make everything rational and put it in a nice neat box. Intuition comes from a different place though. It comes from the spirit. It comes from your solar plex. Like if I were to ask you, the listener, to point to yourself, just take your index finger and point to yourself. Go ahead and try it. Do it right now. I bet you're not pointing to your brain. You're probably pointing to your chest, your solar plexus. Because that is actually where we are. Our brains we rely heavily on. And I'm not saying don't use your brain, but trust your intuition because your intuition will lead you. The second thing is to take an action, because if you're not taking an action, you're not showing the universe that you're willing to do half. And the half is you're participating, you're committed, you're willing to do the work because the universe isn't here in the 3D. You're here in the 3D. You're partnering with the universe to create, you're co-creating. And so I encourage you, the listener, to trust in the law of attraction, but participate in the co-creation through your intuition and through taking action in the 3D, the realm that we live. Mm. I want to come in on the back of that, Rick, that example you shared around your, for want of a better term, Facebook friend. And the reason I ask that uh, a uh, little bit of tongue-in-cheek there about the law of attraction because, as you quite rightly alluded to, we have, we have floated with it on a previous uh, podcast conversation. But what I want to share, listeners, is something that very, very parallel to what Rick's alluded to there, and it happened when I was 40 years of age. And it was – I wanted to start a new charity, and I was involved with a very well-known football club at the time, and I needed five grand. That was the upshot of it. So, we, you know, we're talking uh, um, the year 2000. Now, I was working at this football club, and there was a thing at the time, uh, Rick, you're a technical guy. You can probably remember this. Friends reunited. And what this lady that, uh, well, this young girl that worked in the IT suite at the football club said, oh, you know, loads of people. Why don't you go on this Friends Reunited thing? So I did. 
um, not being the you know the world's uh, how's this for a limiting belief, listeners? Not being the world's most technically uh, gifted person. Note to self, Paul. Um, anyway, she put me a profile on the next thing. I got you know people coming forward X, Y, and Z. And one of them was a guy that um, I won't say I went to school with because I didn't go to school as such. You know, I was too busy surviving on the streets. Um, but uh, I was on the same register. Um, anyway, he went on to do A-levels and university and all this, that, and the other, an immensely successful career in business. And here we are, 25 years later, we meet up, you know, both age 40, and we had a conversation, and, you know, what are you doing now? Well, I've been through university, I've done this, I've done that, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, his name was Andy, his name is Andy, so what about you, Andy? I bet you ended up really successful in business. Yeah, yeah, multi-million pound, blah, blah, blah. He said, and he gave me the name of the company. And he said, uh, and I'd like my company to, I told him about my charitable vision. I said, but I need, I need a few quid. These were my exact words. I need a few quid. I need some money. I didn't say how much. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do, Paul. I'm the managing director of this company. I'm going to write you a check for five grand. <laughs> and I hadn't even told him and the rest is history formed a charity was getting kids off the street and into sport because I had some you know strong connections in particularly in professional football at the time and we went on to do great things so you know I hear you Rick loud and clear around this you know this setting that intention law of attraction you know um, intuitive action faith and trust massively I agree with all of that Absolutely. So would you share that, you know, that kind of parallel story? It's, it's a wonderful thing when you're in that flow and you're in that faith and, and you, um, you actually get to experience it. It's, it's like, uh, it's like Christmas. You, 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 uh, you're getting these gifts and it's just amazing. I, I practiced this uh, in an unusual way in the beginning I, 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 I literally was my trademark, the persistence. Like I, I carried a, a quote by Calvin Coolidge, uh, uh, an American president from a hundred plus years ago. And it was all about persistence being omnipotent, right? Uh, like it isn't about education. It isn't about, you know, whether you were, it had a silver spoon or, or this or that or the other thing. It was, it was about persistence. And so I wore it as a badge of honor. And, uh, and, and, and identified that that was what made me different. And one day uh, I had had an app that I built and uh, submitted it to Apple and Apple denied it because they didn't allow apps that did donations, which completely befuddled me. I'm like, why would you not want an app that helps nonprofits? Um, and they had their rules and it was actually written in their rules. They didn't allow that unless you did A, B, and C. And the A, B, and C killed the app. Uh, so, so historically, I would have fought and, and tried to figure out how to solve that and work my way through it. Instead, I, I took a practice from uh, a Zen teacher, a Zen master that, that that I thought was curious and I thought it would be a great experiment. So, you know, there, there's, let's just say this wall exists in your life. You can either 
go over it, go under it, go around it, or break through it is kind of Western culture's view or the, the, the masculine mind trying to solve that problem. The Zen approach is to sit in front of the wall until it disappears. And I just was at a point in my life where I was a bit frustrated that things that seemed logical to me and, you know, other people would have said, that's really smart, weren't working for me. So I forget who said it. I don't know if it was uh, Albert Einstein or, or um, an author, but there's something to the effect of uh, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I decided to try the Zen approach and I sat in front of the wall and I released it. I just, I, I surrendered, which was, was not part of my DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, my DNA was for, for the previous 30 years was fight through it, break through it, make it happen, whatever it takes, find a way or make one. Uh, and I took a different approach and I said, I'm going to just sit in front of it and accept this and allow. And I, so much so I just, I, I ended up just walking away from it and doing something else because I was, I, I was no longer attached to it. I let go. Funny thing is, is that six months later, what I'd created came back up, but it got an extra twist from this other thing that somebody asked me a question and, and a thought from 20 years ago popped into my head and I go, Oh, wow. If I add that thing from 20 years ago to that thing that didn't work with, uh, with Apple, this is actually going to be 10 times better than the thing that I was trying to do anyway. And lo and behold, uh, uh, I'm on a journey um, that, that I, I named the, the company 1010 just because it is 10 times better than what I thought was going to be good in the first place. So trusting, trusting what's going on is a big piece of it allowing and, and um, not being attached to a specific outcome or the way the outcome occurs. Um, like those are such powerful things that, that until you're able to practice it, it, it might just sound like fluff. But mm -hmm. once you practice it and you experience the power of this, it'll be like a new religion for you because you'll just be like, you'll want to tell everybody. That's <laughs> the reason I'm here sharing today. I just want everybody to learn from all my heartache and failure so that you can hopefully have a much shorter path to manifesting those things that you want in your life. And in this case, we're talking about money and it works with money following this process. Mm. Six simple words, Rick, six simple words come to mind listening to you speak there. Connected to everything, attached to nothing. Amen. And listeners, just to give that some context, I mean, Rick, as he just said, he's speaking from a, a financial, a money perspective. I'm speaking from a broader, dare I say, a broader sort of life perspective of this, to use Rick's term, this, this left side brain, uh, the masculine, I will. One plus one will always equal two because I said it will, because it's always been that way. You know, living in the very earthy, pragmatic 3d world 
And that takes some getting over to let go. You we're back to those three immortal words again, listeners. Let it go. But just to reinforce what Rick said, it, it, indeed, if it needed any reinforce, reinforcing about my own journey that's come from violence, addiction, gang culture, to something now that is a completely, to say it's a polarised life, listeners, and obviously in previous episodes we've had many guests and we've kind of flirted with this thread of conversation, but it's very, very, very much around where Rick's at now to, you know, no apologies for reinforcing those words of faith, trust and intuitive action. It really is, Rick, as simple as that, isn't it? I have found that, that those are the ingredients. I, uh, for a listener, if you are, if you're experiencing something that feels like it's a struggle, you would describe it as hard, you would describe as, you know, unlucky or any anything that has a negative context or tone. I describe that as rowing upstream. So when you experience that, you know, the the, the nursery rhyme goes, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Well, the truth of it is the stream is already flowing. So all you have to do is take your hands off the oars and your boat will naturally turn in the direction of the stream. And how do you know when this is happening? Uh, a friend of mine calls it the happy compass. We all have this happy compass inside of us. And if we follow what brings us joy, brings us happiness, First of all, you'll never work a day in your life. Second of all, happiness leads us to more happiness. So if you're having any type of challenge with money, look for the joy, not for the chasing of money, not for the, the energy of I have to create this, I have to do this, I have to do that. Look for the joy. Um, this does not mean you don't have to work. This does not mean that you don't have to put some labor into whatever you want to create. But this means is pay attention to what's going on and is it happening simply and easily or is it like so hard that you just like, oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're paddling up a, a stage five rapid that you know, basically is impossible to do. Just let your boat turn around and go with the flow. And if it's the wrong stream, pick up your boat and go to a different stream. But, uh, you know, don't, don't try to fight it because that's a long struggle that you will never win because water is going to keep flowing. The energy is going to keep flowing. It is not going to stop. And even after you think you've won and maybe you've made eight figures, <laughs> the flow will turn it around and take it all away uh, if, if you were going the wrong direction. So... Learn from my painful life experiences and, and take this as a gift to, to hopefully make your life amazing and wealthy, not only financially, but with all other things that make your spirit truly happy. Very profound. Rick, thank you immensely for those shares. And I love the way that you tell the story through use of metaphors. For me personally, is the way I speak, I love that, that way of storytelling and those very, um, those very real, those very real lessons. So thank you so much, Rick, 
for, for sharing with us. My pleasure, Paul. Always good to be with you and, and God bless all those to listening. And I hope that money flows easily for you. So just finally then, Rick, before we sign off, um, how can people reach out to you, find out more about you, contact you, that kind of thing? Well, Paul, I am such on a path and a mission to bring something new to the world that will help with that flow of money. Building even a technology that's based upon generosity and the more that you give, the more that you get. More, it puts you in the flow of money. So if you want my help in this uh, from, a, from an app that I've built, you can find me at 1010.app. It's T-E-N, the number 10, dot app, A-P-P. And or you can reach me directly at rick at 1010.app. And so there we have it, listeners. I do encourage you to reach out to Rick. It's, uh, you know, we've only captured it in 30 minutes or so here, but uh, fascinating stories, real life insights, well worth contacting. Absolutely. And I think all that remains now is for me to say, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?